Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Good morning. It's Wednesday, November 18th. On the show with us today is Richard Henry. He's a senior systems engineer. He's a co-leader of the Cleveland VMUG. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Richard M. Henry. And I read that he's also a bowler, which is awesome. I want to hear a little bit about. Welcome to the show, Richard. Lawn yeah, bowler? thanks for having me. No, real bowler. <laughs> oh, real bowling. <laughs> oh, boom, boom. Get wrecked. <laughs> oh, Good man. morning. For what What's golfers that? do during the winter. Okay. Oh, really? Are a lot of golfers dual sports into bowling? You'd be amazed at the beginning and end of every bowling season, everyone's talking about golf, and then you don't hear about it for the whole rest of the season. It's it's pretty crazy. I did not know this. You think Tiger's pretty good? (laughs) What? I bet he's awesome. (laughs) I'm I'm decent. No, well, he's so (laughs) Russ asked if uh, if you think Tiger's any good. Oh, Tiger! I thought you said me. Uh, Yeah, he's all right. (laughs) <laughs> is he all right at bowling? <laughs> now I'm confused. Actually, one of the best bowlers of all time is a, a champion horseshoe thrower, surprisingly enough. That actually makes more sense to me. I feel like I, I could get behind those techniques being similar enough for those to, to have healthy crossover. So I feel like, well, this is probably just my ignorance to the game, but I feel like it's just how whenever you get into some of these more professional leagues, it's just pretty much can you bowl a 300 or get really close? Is that right? Or is there a lot of variation? There's a lot of variation, even in the best okay. leagues. And there's a lot of ways that the sport has made it tougher over the years uh, to counteract the technology that's gone into it. Whoa. Okay. Now I'm super interested. Go on. Okay. How did, yeah, how did the sport <laughs> change and what is the technology that's gone into it? Uh, the biggest change is the way they apply the oil patterns on the lane and the way it changes yeah, throughout okay. the game. I read about that because they'll do like stripes what? and stuff. No, Tyler. You, Tyler when, when did you read about when this? When did you read about this oil is, patterns? This is why oh I love. Gosh. This is why I love Reddit. You're just flicking through, and all of a sudden, somebody's really passionate about oiling lanes and bowling alleys, and I'm like, why would that matter? Oh my gosh! Twenty hours later, you've gone down this incredible rabbit hole about bowling lanes and the wood they use and the patterns that they they do, and they'll they'll change the oil patterns so that. It's, you know, you think you make a bowling lane, you're going to set that in stone, figuratively speaking, because, you know, it's wood. But you're not going to go resurface that all the time, but you can mix up the way that the oil is laid down to change the game for people that notice, which would not be me. Richard, is he talking, is he talking real? Or no, it's it? absolutely true. Yeah. Okay. So can I go then the, the bowling alley down the way from my house? Is it just because like, am I terrible because the oil patterns are bad and should I go complain to management? Is that what my excuse has been all these years? No, it's because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there it is. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. It's true. true. But you'd be surprised <laughs> if somebody showed you just a little bit of what to do, you could do better. You just need to know a little bit more. Yeah. Does it I, start by fixing the oil pattern by throwing yourself <laughs> down the lane? <laughs> You'd so actually that be would am- be more consistent. You'd be amazed at how much the oil can change things. I had a work <laughs> event and they put no oil out and I, everybody knew I was a good bowler. So I went out there and I think I threw like a 130 and they're all like, 
Aren't you good? You said you were good. <laughs> yeah, you, I'd throw my ball and it would hit one gutter and turn and cross into the other gutter. It's like, yeah, there's not a whole lot I can do here. <laughs> Let's be honest here. A 130 beats most people. Like uh, yeah, most of my friends are sitting here like, if I can break 100, then I'm yeah, exactly. happy. <laughs> well, my average last year before COVID hit was 229. So Wow. Damn. Solid so that makes on. me think. This is kind of synonymous to like um, Olympic figure skaters, right? And then they go out to the Galleria and skate on the ice with everyone else, but it's all chopped up and they're just falling all over the place. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah. You go to there's, these. There's times, yeah. you know, I have a shoe 29 in league, but if I went to a, a, a pro event, which I have, I'm sometimes lucky to average a 180, 190. And That's so, still really good though, dude. Yeah, but when a pro is averaging a 220, it's like I can't even compete. But people hear me with a 229, they're like, oh, you could be a pro. No, not even that easy at all. Okay, wow. Okay, I learned something. Okay, well, I have another fun fact before we get into – that was a lot of fun facts. Uh, before we get into the tech news, today at exactly noon on this day, November 18th, in 1883, so 137 years ago, American and Canadian railroads began using four continental time zones to end – the mass confusion of dealing with thousands of local times, uh, because up until that point, any local city just set their local town based on when high noon was. Ah, interesting. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think we should go back to that. <laughs> I actually, so so I bring all that up to also say that I am a proponent of one global time. You don't even have time zones. There is just a time in the world. And this is going to mess with people's heads, but depending on where you live in the world is going to depend on what time you normally go to bed. Quote, I'm using air quotes here, right? You may go to bed at 6 a.m. or you may go to bed right. at 3 p.m. or you may go so to bed at... Yeah. Who, who are you hating on the most for things like celebrating New Year's, right? Who, who gets the total crap end of that stick? Like, it's 4.35 in the morning. Welcome to the New Year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering because that group should be, feel really strongly about what you just said. Slash, Ooh. we'd have to change <laughs> yeah. like the, the line of demarcation. What's that line? What's the, what's that line? Yeah, it's called? in the Pacific. It's in the middle of the Pacific. Know, it's which, the, the, what's the, name date, of it? the international date, date line. line. There it is. Yeah. 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 So people would lobby for that to be convenient. And then maybe we could <sighs> fight wars over it and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bewley's basically advocating for us giving up time travel. Like right now, there are people in the future on the East Coast, and, and I don't right. know that I want to get rid of that because that's cool. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, tech news. Let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did see one that I was like, yes, because uh, we've talked about this on the past or on the show in the past, and I have to believe Apple is paying attention. Apple, thank you for listening. Uh, they are going to reduce their App Store cut to 15% for most developers. Starting Can January I just 1st. start? By saying that the fact that they did this basically makes me right, I'm claiming. No, what it. it does is it it, it makes Fortnite's battle oh. worth it. Oh, for sure. No, no, it doesn't. No, it does not. No, it does not. Zero not. points awarded, Aaron. Because yeah, Fortnite not, not gets nothing from this. And did not read the, the article. Did. <laughs> okay, I didn't <laughs> no, read the article. What, what not, jumped not off the screen it. for me was that it was actually the note you took, which is 98% of developers yes. are going to be impacted by this 50% rate cut. 50%. That's a lot for a rate. And it will have less than a 5% impact on the App Store's revenue, according to last year's revenue, which means, and why I'm claiming victory in my, my assumptions here, that 
Apple was arbitrarily setting a 30% tax on everyone. They convinced the community that it was appropriate and that it was fair and that it was okay. And it disproportionately effed the little guys. Right. So that's what I mean. I don't mean that it helped Fortnite. I just mean that the battle that they went through helped a lot of developers, right? Yes, but I don't think that was their intent. No, of of course not. Of course not. Then they didn't win. Somebody, no, they were the sacrificial lamb. And now you had the these uh, these smaller developers, and I don't know if you mentioned it already, but it's they're reducing the cut um, for uh, apps with revenues of a million dollars or less. Less, yeah, right. I, I so that's where that ninety eight percent comes from. That's yeah, I don't that think line in the that. sand, right? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, So here's the question. Yeah, yeah. Weigh in, Russ. I, I got to hear your thought here. Does does this help or hurt Epic's case? Because now all of a sudden, there's a it's. Apple has proved that it can it can do something at a lower percentage rate, but they're you, not allowing this for everyone. So, so I think it helps, it helps Epic's case. Well, now you're flipping on your uh, no, little statement there. I think it right helps their Fortnite case, benefit. but they didn't win anything. This is <laughs> so this is like yet. finding out that there is extra cheese, but you're still not allowed to have it. Richard, what do you think, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just looking it up a little bit now. This actually isn't the first cut that they've done of any magnitude, though. Back in 2016, they had a cut that uh, you you saved an extra 15% if anybody signed up for longer than 12 months. Hmm. thought that was kind of interesting. If any developer signed up for longer than 12 months? No, the subscriber. Okay, so this is what we're talking about is the developers uh, have to pay a cut of the percentage of what they sell to yeah. Apple. And it's historically been 30%. So you but you're saying Apple gives a cut to the buyer of the app? No, if the subscriber stays longer than 12 months, the developer gets 15% off. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, like a, like a subscription too. to the development for I guess I don't know their, their yeah. details enough, to, but that is that's if they stay on the app. Yeah, yep. if they if they continue to use that app, etc. That's interesting. interesting. So this wasn't as crazy as I don't know much about the Fortnite side of things, but I just was looking through this as you were talking about it. I wonder. I wonder if that is uh, even less meaningful than on the on the surface. If if they had already offered that, basically, if you can survive the first little bit, then then you get kind of a commensurate discount, anyways. I, I say that, but I feel like, especially for most startups, devs or otherwise. That first year is the hardest part, yep. right? Like so, oh yeah, giving For giving sure. it out of the gate, and then just continuing it forward. Yeah, I, I don't know. This seems like a, a win for little devs, regardless of how you slice the the oh, big yeah. gorilla fight, right? I, I feel like this is a move that Apple is making to try and win its court case, but I I, I actually think it favors Epic. I could be wrong because I don't know where the press is here, way. but I feel like it helps Epic's case here <laughs> for because they, they've talked about unfair treatment. A lot right. because there have been other. I think Amazon maybe has some deal where they got less uh, less percentage for transactions or something like that. And so I think that the unfair treatment side of things is is definitely with this cut here going to you know ninety eight percent of the other people. Definitely a you know in some respects a win for for Epic in that regard. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see it play out. So let's yeah, rewind and, the tape. What the legal precedent said, actually is. Let's rewind the tapes where I said it was worth it for them to go do it. And you guys all jumped on me is, and said no. Is that the language anyway. you used? Because I it don't is. think it it's was. exactly what I'm, I said. I said it makes that battle worth it. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Genuinely, was that <clears throat> okay, what you meant when you said it? 
Yes. Okay, yeah. then yeah, then it's win for you. Uh, I thought right, I yeah. just thought that you made the assumption that they were going to get this fifteen percent cut as well. No, 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 oh, no, no. I no. thought you it were making the assumption whole... that this was like a huge sea change. I, I think it. No, I, like I just I don't I, think. I meant, yeah, I, 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 I don't think Apple is conceding. Sense. Is all I'm saying. Sure, you, you're right, and and we, you see that in the in the numbers right there, right? It's only going to uh, account for less than. Five percent of the revenue, which is which is wild too, if you think about that. Then you yeah, have a games. A lot there. of money. <laughs> no, I just meant it in the greater good. Okay. Well, the greater um, good isn't about Epic. Epic is about the the minor. Epic game. is about Epic. That's, That's right. True. Okay, we're on the same we're on the same page. <laughs> we're staying the same thing. Let's hug it out. Let's hug it out. Should, okay, whatever. That's not safe. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know if all of y'all are on Twitter, um, but this thing happened yesterday with fleets. I've seen it. Uh, yeah. So. Five years late to the game, um, they nailed the name, right? But I don't know. What do y'all? What, yeah, what's yeah your, no, what's your no. Take I, on it? I'll give them that. Fleets, fleets is pretty clever. Uh, a, a fleeting thought, a fleeting tweet. I like it. Exactly. But the concept, I, I, I don't follow, and I feel like I. The only thing it was interesting. I sent one fleet yesterday, and and it was basically just a shout out to you, Aaron. Um, because you've been <laughs> talking about fleets for like I don't know three days or something like that, but I hadn't seen one from what? So, um, <laughs> is that my so I sent one out talking? okay, and uh, and and it it actually started uh, a direct message conversation um, with with somebody, which I thought was interesting, but it wasn't, and it was a good conversation. Don't get me wrong, uh, Vince actually reached out uh, and said something goofy, and we ended up having some laughs, but um, I. I can't immediately imagine why that would be valuable in the way that I use Twitter, which immediately brings me to, I must not use Twitter the way people use Snapchat or if this feature exists on Instagram, then, then there either. But I, help me out here. Like when, when do you want to send something that basically evaporates and creates a bunch of private message chains on Twitter? Like marketing? Right. But that doesn't sound like good marketing. That sounds no. like ephemeral marketing, which is, dumb right unless it's a sandcastle i don't know i'm just i'm grasping the straws here in my mind it's like the people at twitter aren't really listening to their user base they're not really thinking or innovating they're just like eh everybody has stories we should probably have stories that's really it and then there's all kinds of problems about it where you can uh turn off access to your direct messages for anybody that doesn't follow you or that you don't follow rather so there was a bunch of there's a host of issues that came out of this because if you then post a fleet and your DMs are turned off, well, people can just go respond to the fleet and suddenly they're in your DMs <laughs> harassing you. <laughs> it, it was yeah, it's real awkward. There, can we talk about the way that they announced this on Twitter? Like the phrasing they use? They go, that thing you didn't tweet but wanted to, but didn't didn't, but got so close, but then we're like, nah. <laughs> like that's that's uh, the way they described this in their tweet. And they said, we have a place for that now. Fleets rolling out to everyone starting today. It makes me like do a flip as I read it, <laughs> as I'm sitting here looking at this thing. Like that did not describe at all whatever fleets ended up being. I don't know. It just was a, a ridiculous way to do it. So, But good the job, way they Jack. describe it is all about, you know, it's, everything's still going to live on the internet. Someone's going to take a screenshot somewhere. That's so right. what's the point? Yes, that's right. And a, a bunch that's of right. people said that too. Like they got all fiery and they were just like screenshot it prove it whatever no it's just it was goofy stuff it was all tongue-in-cheek but but that was exactly the intent it's like this doesn't really go away. it's not some secure message between two people and even then screenshotting is a problem yeah yeah 
One of the first ones I saw was somebody um, posting some internal only uh, revenue information oh, on a product goodness. within Dell. Yeah. What? Yeah, like, uh, excuse me? Yeah. I don't Look, know if that person works for Dell or not. I don't think that they do. It's a fleeting but, tweet. And now I can just break but laws it's still at there, Dell. Right? Yeah. It's still there. And I screenshotted it. Uh, anyway, one oh, of the other things my. I saw, there was, there was people saying, you know, Again, as soon as you release anything, it just becomes, how can we abuse this? We being the internet, right? And so people were complaining too, because somebody would post a fleet asking their followers to go harass somebody else, right? And so it would give them instructions on where to go, but there's no evidence of it because the, there's there's no tagging. There's no tagging mechanism in it. Right, so that ah, person so is notified. My they don't know where it comes it from. Didn't notify you. So yeah, that Dr. was actually Disrespect part of the reason. Disrespect could break the internet with this if he wanted to. <laughs> he could take down do it. nations. Do it. So this is for the trolls. This is for the trolls. This is for you, trolls. Thanks for using okay, Twitter. So let's move on to the next thing here. <laughs> Twitter related. They are exploring adding a dislike button or a downvote system. I'm in. I'm with it. I, I hate that it. it's a heart. I wish I like up and down. I actually really yeah. like that about Reddit. It doesn't by the way, fix the problems you think it would fix. Um, but that could be because of the way that Reddit aggregates and the way that its algorithm brings stuff to the top, um, which, I mean, I'm sure Twitter could screw around with trending using that data. But as far as your feed goes, I don't think it's going to to address too many major issues at a high level. But I think in small groups, um, that, that's great. Like being able to express not liking something I feel is something that all social media got away from, which is ridiculous. Yeah. You have no way on Twitter to show disapproval other than to quote, tweet it and say, nope. <laughs> is, is there anything other <laughs> than ratio. Reddit that allows that in the social media world? <sighs> didn't, didn't dig used to do that. I mean, that's a throwback, but I never really used it. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Ridiculous use of that ends up happening because it can be like genuinely factual things that people state sure. and just no one in that thread has any interest in hearing. So you get downvoted into oblivion and then it, it physically hides the comment. I don't know how it, it, it does on Reddit. Right? And, and, and that's Twitter. why it'll be neat to see on Twitter because so one of, one of the problems with the like only thumbs up, only heart is that you can thumbs up something or you can you can acknowledge it harder on Twitter to kind of agree with the sentiment that this is something that needs to happen, but you can't do so and say, I disagree with it, right? Like if, if it had 10,000 downvotes, that's interesting. Now, Reddit, like you said, in the comment section, will take massive downvotes and uh, hide it, right? But on, on Twitter, it's probably not going to hide the tweet but it's it could still bubble it up and just be like wow people really don't like what's in this or they don't like the way it was said or i don't i don't know it depends on how they implement it so this one's for the trolls again too <laughs> okay I, I feel like i feel like it's a way for twitter to get out of having to police certain things and saying yep. that other people did it for That's them a personally. what if idea what if you got downvoted so much that it then caused your account to get deleted See, now you're getting into some TV sci-fi there. No, you're going to get K-pop fans kicking off uh, oh, yeah. world leaders. Standing. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Okay. Good points. Okay, fine. Richard, what else you got? Pull us out of Twitter. You, you oh, seen I anything was, cool lately? I was going to keep us in Twitter a little bit. Okay. <laughs> if you got some comments about it. Oh, no. 
I just uh, I thought it was super interesting. How would you feel about being a cybersecurity chief getting fired on Twitter? Uh, did that happen? Oh, oh yeah, Trump fired the security chief Wait, on did that Twitter. On Twitter? Yep. Oh, you guys can't see it, but my palm just hit my forehead. I quote, therefore, therefore, effective immediately, Chris Krebs has been terminated as director of the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's for not speaking the first out. time he did that. That's no. not the first time he did that. He, who else did he fire? Like but This really for, hits IT now, you know, because this uh, is... Uh, <laughs> hold on. Did he announce it on Twitter, or yeah, is that how the guy found out he was fired? That's a very both. distinct difference. <laughs> Would you because be surprised at either? never know. No, but it would be a little bit more ridiculous if that was his actual notice. Although I guess that does sort of include HR in a way because they can see it too. But yeah, I I, I don't know oh, how I feel man. about that if that was the way that he was actually, I mean, informed about it. But yeah, I mean, Trump saying on Twitter that he fired someone. Come on, it's, that's a Tuesday. But this kind of goes, <laughs> this kind of goes like, you know, should you ever stand up to your boss and what could happen to you if you do? Well, I'm curious about what legal precedent comes out of that, right? Because we, we've already had issues and there are some uh, legal motions right now that, that seem to be at odds with it's the president of the United States saying something, it becomes official because it's their official, it is an official platform. And then there are, what, isn't there a libel case where they're they're basically saying, oh no, it was uh, the, the one that, that got the security um, industry sort of involved or the national security organizations involved was where he said declassify all things related to uh, Russia meddling in the uh, uh, 2016 election in the United States. And the national security agencies basically came out and said, oh, no, 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 that's that is not an official thing. Like, even though the president can do that, he absolutely didn't mean to do that on Twitter. And so now you have the, yep, that is that is the word of POTUS. And then you have the, no, we don't want this. Which one does that fall into? Like, if, if that was the official notification, did he actually fire the guy? If it wasn't, then, you know. Hmm. Yeah. This reminds me of when Amazon sued the former AWS VP over non-compete things when he moved to, uh, to Google. He took oh, a Google yeah. Cloud job and he found out about it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, I remember. I woke up one day yeah. and it was just it was it was on fire. And he, I think he responded something. He was like, um, "Okay," <laughs> and it was just news about him, you know, all over Twitter. And he's like, "Wow, this is news." <laughs> yeah, and I've seen other things too like that where oh, what happened? Like somebody changes jobs or something, and it becomes it's high profile enough to where it is on Twitter. And oh no, oh I'm thinking of Zeke, the NFL player. Uh, who had coronavirus. Um, I'm also thinking of something else, too. Maybe that's why he hasn't been running very well. <laughs> yeah. Let's Somebody leaked there. that out. But uh, gosh, what was it? Maybe it was another Maybe it was another athlete that was changing teams or something. And he came on and, and he was like, you know, I wanted to tell you all first, but, you know, reporters out here. The internet know. beat me to it. All Thanks, right. internet. Uh, one comment that. on that. Uh, good leaders invite disagreement. Just saying. They allow it. What? They're good with it. Yeah. Good oh, leadership. Oh, invite. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, there was a comment about like, does this, should you be, or can you be able to disagree with your boss? Me and my boss disagree all the time. Yeah. So just saying. Yep. That's good leadership yeah. to be able to have that disagreement. You don't want yes men in the room. It doesn't help anyone. Not gonna help I just think it's crazy. Tonight. Could you imagine waking up in the morning and you think everything, you know, you know, your boss isn't too happy with you because of some things you said, but then you open up Twitter and, hey, I just got fired. Like just, That'd be pretty crazy. <laughs> publicly. <laughs> yeah, publicly. 
Okay. Well, my box is uh, on Twitter, so if it happens, you guys may see it. <laughs> okay, let's end the Twitter debate. We're done. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Amazon <laughs> launches into prescription drug sales. Ooh. I love this quote from Jeff. Your margin is my opportunity. <laughs> what do y'all think? <laughs> uh, I think he's right, and he's proven that over and over again. Um, yep. I think this is this is neat. Um, the what was it? oh you've actually put some of this data in there, but they were saying um, discounts of up to eighty percent for generic drugs, forty percent for branded drugs. Uh, that, I mean, that's a pretty big push for, uh, and, and they're saying without insurance. So there, there is sort of an obvious highlight or emphasis on just order these drugs. We're going to use our size to negotiate prices that are better than your insurance companies will, which I think is very interesting. Um, yeah. But, but I don't know, like I, I, I am very much like, give me my popcorn. I want to see how this plays out. Right. Because it's Amazon. Clearly, they know how to scale. They know how to do this. But you think it's mind, altruistically? No, no. Gosh, no. I, I mean, I don't. <laughs> Maybe somebody no, somewhere had this idea margin, and they bought it. No, it's money. And it, it is a multi-billion-dollar industry. I mean, it would half a trillion is is what the prescription drug industry is like. I don't think there's anyone sitting here thinking anything other than stock price goes I, up. I, yeah. But, I, so, well, real quick, just to interject on that. From a, you, you mentioned stock price. When Bezos comes out and he says something like this, I, I wish I had the math on this, but CVS then immediately went down nearly 9%. Walgreens down nearly 10%. Rite Aid down nearly 17%. GoodRx down over 22%. Goodness. Like yeah, how, much, is in trouble. how much valuation just got wiped because Amazon said, hey, I'm playing in your uh, in your space well, now. Did it get wiped or did it just go to Amazon? It, it, was it commensurate? Because I, I feel like the stock market is so detached Alton. from from yeah. actual valuation at this point that i'm not even sure that that's a good way to look at it but it'd be cool to see if all of those numbers well, valuation of to... no no what i'm saying is I, i'm not saying that the the valuation went to amazon what i'm saying is the no, valuation I'm, I'm of those companies yeah i don't it'd know. be cool like it would actually make more sense if all of those companies went down by this much and amazon went up by that much I mean, that something is right in the world i like balance yeah. but um no no that's that I is wouldn't wild look to the stock markets for balance equations <laughs> oh, but, well, oh so this has happened one of the companies them, hasn't it they what? they said they were going to enter the i don't think i think it was like insurance yeah at some point in time and That's and the, right. the the market or the industry for insurance dropped like 40 percent within 10 <laughs> minutes of the announcement i mean it was crazy this so anytime they do something like this the people in that market yeah. experience a pretty rough day as it relates to to no their doubt. stock price but that, remember it's a though, good indication these big companies are becoming more data companies than they are sales companies, though. This isn't just about selling prescriptions to people. They, no, they, they're they swearing that they're going to keep all your data separate. They swear it. But, um, you know, hey, look, you're uh, we can tell you're overweight based off your medications. Here, how would you like some gym equipment? Oh, and look what we can sell you over at Whole Foods. Uh, here's some uh, health food for you. you yep. I think you need uh-huh. it. This yeah. is actually, I think that's going to be the biggest problem that comes from this. Is yep. Think about, I, I, I don't really watch cable television, but you go to a doctor, it's hard to avoid it. As an example, you're sitting in a waiting room and it's just on. The number. Doesn't it feel like a disease itself though? Uh, what? Cable television? Oh, absolutely. And we can get to that. But it's the horrific. volume of medical advertisements mm-hmm. is insane. It is. Now, just imagine every part of your feed having pills like oh i shudder at the thought <laughs> that's your future Tyler. 
I need to capture that audio. (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. But here, here's a, here's a thought, right? This might be a really good time to go buy CVS Walgreens Rite Aid and GoodRx, by the way. Maybe not Before they shut down. No, well, no. But think, think, think of another massive distribution organization that scales to the freaking moon that already does this. And think about what its impact was. Walmart. I'm, I'm stumped. Walmart. I was going to say Walmart, but then I was trying to think of a joke. It's Walmart. Like, like a pet prescription. Do you, you so, mean Walmart that has a pharmacy? Because Walmart has pharmacies in it. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Well, not just that. They sell prescription drugs, too. That, and I think right. they sell it through there. I'm just saying, like, Amazon is not the first mega distributor of today's day and age to enter this foray in a serious way. Now, this this could be more serious. It could be more aggressive because of that uh, the acquisition acquisition that led to it, right? The what was it like pill pack, but um, it, it's not unprecedented for the mega retailers to be involved in this already. So I'm kind of curious to see if if it really does just level out and ends up you know rising tide, sort of lifting all boats, or or if it is going to absolutely devastate them. I would think things like GoodRx are going to be in trouble because it's so easy to go into your Amazon account and get an inexpensive generic drug delivered to your house, to your door in two days if you're a Prime member, right? And to get it at the ultra-discounted generic rates that that they sound like they're promising basically makes GoodRx irrelevant. Time will tell. We'll see. Sure, yeah. All I can think about is at the beginning of the show, whenever Richard was talking about uh, oiling bowling lanes, you were like, I read about it. And that's still in my brain. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I got excited. What can I say? <laughs> okay. There, what are the random corners of the internet? Um, how about this? Google released an AI-powered nightmare creature generator. Nope. What? Yeah, yep. based off nope. of paint. Yeah, ain't no, nobody got totally... time for that. Yeah, Wait, so they, what? yeah, Richard, it's uh, Richard. Sounds like you know, you know a little bit about it. Yeah, I, I caught it while uh, looking around. Um, so good. you can you can go in and doodle anything you want and paint, and Google will turn it into a nightmare creature. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, so they re- they released a tool called Chimera, and it lets you paint like very poorly, three year old drawing style with crayons, a creature. And it looks like you can kind of select what some of the features are based on color, stuff like that. So you can say teeth and you get this green color and you mark teeth wherever you want. And then it uses AI to make that a more, I won't say photorealistic, but more photorealistic, uh, like scary creature thing. And they, they did it to advance basically time to market for graphic arts, right? What? So think, think uh, like the example, the article I read, the one that's linked in our show notes, for instance, has a bunch of, it would be like playing cards. So you release a new game and it's exploding cats or whatever that game is. And, and you've got uh, uh, just a bunch of new creatures. Like this would get you from ideation to a designed card for 50% of those creatures in you know half the time or probably even less. So oh, this is actually pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, clicking on the link now. This is actually pretty cool. They're not that nightmarish. I was, I was having these <laughs> visions of like this is going to be a tool that every uncle to tell is, people that this, this is every, this is a tool that every uncle is going to use whenever you get together with a family and they're going to be showing their niece and nephew, hey, draw, you know, and then it like turns into this, you know, horrific 
uh, thing. Something that keeps them all up at night. It's only, yeah, I'll exactly. bet there's a dial. You just turn it up to 11 and you get more cool. Well, so who owns the IP then? Every time we talk about AI creating things, that's the first mm. thing that comes to my mind. Who owns the IP whenever that system create? Do you? Because you created the, Read the concept Eula. that went in. That, yeah, this is going to end up in court. Oh, it's absolutely sure. going to end up in court. <laughs> Because what if somebody does this? What if somebody, you know, does this little doodle? Now, all of a sudden, you've got Google AI producing, you know, this Chimera character. And then that goes on and becomes a star thing in some app or whatever, right? Who owns that? This yeah. is this is very likely going to end up being in some form of agreement between the two parties. Just like the engine that, you know, Epic, for instance, licenses an engine. You make a game on it. You own the game IP, but... You're, you're licensing and paying them a fee to use their technology in order to create it. This is going to end up in the same do you, vein. Do you have to keep paying that fee to continue using it? Like, So you already created it, you sold it. Do you still have to maintain some sort of subscription to that uh, ecosystem to continue selling your game? Or, yeah, or so I think not? Epic, the way they do it is, is they allow for the engine to be freely used until you reach a certain dollar amount. And then after that, they take like 5% of the revenue if you use it. So as long as you're selling oh, yeah, over a certain okay. revenue amount, then you're paying for it once you drop below it. I, uh, I like that. I, I, I mean, personally, like on the surface, I think that model, not, not saying that 5% is the right number or anything like that, but I, I like the idea of saying the engine is effectively free to use. Um, what where we get our money back, and this is only really possible for large companies, so maybe it's not a perfect model, but is when you sell sell the thing. But then if you know if you're struggling later, it's not like you're still paying because the engine is creating it, it, it unless you're selling new stuff. I, I'm just sure. saying it, that, that seems like a, a reasonably fair way for everybody to sort of come out ahead. It's almost like how private the engine is. It, it that's actually a really good point um, about the incubation portion of it um, because this po- this engine's incredibly popular um, and obviously it's probably got a very good tool set but I think that the financial side of it like the free to get started side of it the incubation piece right um, that is is probably a big piece of it and I will say I don't actually know if five percent is the number I think I read that and that yeah, was sure. several years ago seven eight years ago so who knows what it is now. But nonetheless, that that is kind of how it was structured before. But that's a really good point, the incubation piece, because I do think that uh, Epic has invested money into some companies that started working with their engine, maybe used them for support. And they're like, you know, we really like what you're doing. Like, we should help you get this thing off the ground. So it definitely leads to some other investment opportunities for Epic. Uh, but the Epic engine is definitely the thing that makes them the most money outside of probably the Fortnite property. It, it may even be more than Fortnite, to be honest, because it's so popular, but I don't actually know the numbers. So especially crazy. for a company like that, once you build out your product and you're already using it, why not let other people use it, see what they can create, and then make some money off of it if if they do well enough? Yeah, well, and, and that's where I was saying those models, I think, favor large companies or at least very, very well oh, yeah. companies because uh, think think of a startup that came up with a, a game generation engine or something akin to this Google AI, right? Um, they would be so small that it would be really hard to provide it freely for incubation. And so they, the barrier to entry just went up a lot. To creating a new engine, is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, or, or to successfully releasing a new engine because you know the the preponderance of your people, in fact, all of them probably out of the gate are only going to be using it for small projects that maybe end up growing big, but it's not like uh, 
I mean, Epic, as an example, probably isn't going to go to your engine and create their next blockbuster game using it. Yeah, um, at that point in time, you need a like a like a launch vector. You need something like a new medium, a new consumption mm-hmm. model that they could launch it. So, like an example of that would be Unity. So, mobile phones came out, and all of a sudden, you know, the, while Epic's engine can work on mobile phones now, it couldn't at the beginning, and that presented an opportunity for someone yeah. to create a new engine around mobile. And Unity exploded based off of that. So they they had an opportunity to get into the same market because the a new medium or or consumption uh, model existed for them that they were able to go kind of pin and get a head start in and and now I think they're in a pretty strong position before any of the other big boys were able to catch up. Oh, that makes sense. That uh, time to market and and new ideas obviously is is where that stuff comes from, but free incubation is tough for any small company, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so I read the EULA, Google owns it. They own the output. Boom. Whatever is produced. Yeah. Google. Thanks, Google. There it is. They retain, (laughs) use, and can share any non-personally identifying uh, or aggregate data without limitation for any purpose. It goes on to to talk about the uh, intellectual property pieces. And it's a really interesting EULA read. I haven't read anything like this. Um, It's all around data collection. Does that kill this? Does that surprise you? I think it will. At least it's for a, the use cases that I was imagining, if people will use it for fun, it'll be just, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, that's unfortunate, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting thing here. It also, there's an aspect of it, too, that says you may not photograph, record, or share any of whatever comes out of this becomes, quote, confidential information. Oh, oh God, that's even worse. I, well, yeah. I'm looking at pictures then? of it right Why? now. <laughs> in, Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Maybe I'm terrible at reading definitely. Uh, in trouble here because they're showing pictures. This agreement <laughs> and any information provided to you by Google during the data collection, which is the whole interaction of what this is, bit. are confidential. The confidential information, quote unquote, um, you may use confidential information only for, for participation in the data collection. What they're saying is this, the interaction here is data collection that you're volunteering to participate in uh, and that you can't photograph, record, or share any of it. So maybe it can't share. You can't share what's being collected. Maybe go read it, man. That's not. I read it twice. Uh, that's not how I read it. But as yeah, always, when have, the product is free, you are the product. Yeah, of I need course. a field yeah. lawyer correspondent for this. Yeah, show. where are you at, field lawyer people? It is interesting. <laughs> it's kind of funny to go play around with, though. <laughs> you can make some pretty. Funny looking stuff. Okay. Uh, what are we doing? You guys need an all around lawyer in like galactic law, local law. You just need everything here. <laughs> all do. around lawyer. Somebody, somebody out there has got to be listening. Go go hit up all your lawyer friends. Come on. Everybody's, yeah. Everybody's got one or two from high school, college days, right? One of them's got to come on here and pretend to know all this stuff. <laughs> Richard, anything else we missed that you saw that you want to cover? Uh, the one other thing I thought was interesting was uh, the Microsoft Pluton. Um, announcement. I didn't see this. Yes, their their new processor with Xbox-like security for Windows PCs. So it's based off of the. Uh, it's like it's basically going to be the next in a, in a iteration of the TPM chip. So it's what they've been using in Xbox as a separate kind of like a combined with the processor. But they're already working with uh, Intel, AMD, and Qualcomm, and they're going to be putting it directly into the processor as opposed to a separate chip that has to talk to the processor. And it's Futon, F-U-T-O-N? 
Uh, Pluton, P-L-U-T-O-N. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because I googled Microsoft Fluton and it and they said, (laughs) "You mean to ask? (laughs) You mean to ask? Is it okay to sleep on a futon every night? Who is googling that? Who is googling this? It is a bed. (laughs) Is it though? I thought it was a cow. And then right below it, do the Japanese still sleep on futons? What? What? What is wrong with people? Uh, This is why I don't look at Google Trends. It's horrifying. Next time on Tech Breakfast Podcast. (laughs) <laughs> i should just do one on auto complete from google just like type in random things and see what pops oh. up wasn't that all the craze like two or three years ago where it was yes. famous people were doing autocompletes but they were doing it in like the most analog way ever so they had like cardboard pieces and they were exposing it was weird i did not yeah. understand that well they would take they would sit somebody down right and then they would put their name into google and they would put a word before it like does so and so and then whatever google comes out with afterwards is what they would what they would ask or answer rather so they anyway, made it safe by putting it on cardboard <laughs> i get it no man now i get it famous people don't, don't use the it, internet if you understand what I'm i don't saying. know <laughs> i think I on that note it's time to wrap this show up Okay, <laughs> Richard, sounded, I'm sorry. You were like trying you to talk about thing to say. Well, no, I, I was trying to bring it back to Pluton because I got so distracted by thinking that Richard said Microsoft Futon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yes. actually Microsoft's new computer that is built into a bed. There we that's go. That's what I'm talking about. That's bed what couch. we need. It's very. I feel like it's important when you talk about futons to recognize that they are both beds and couches. Like, isn't that their thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Great. it's okay to sleep on a bed. Thanks, Google. Then, Wait a minute, that note, Tyler. I'm actually, shut it down. Did, no. did right. Pfizer raise their pers- their effective percentage? <laughs> they did. Oh, you forgot oh. to bring it up. No, no, you can't. That's like smoke bombing right at the end. I gotta go. This episode's <laughs> got to be shut down. But yes, they did, and I swear, knowing nothing about it, that their announcement that they went from ninety percent effective to ninety five percent effective a week after Moderna came out and said that theirs was ninety four point five, rounded up to ninety five percent effective. It's like, did you just read their release and say, oh, they propagate error differently, and I like the way they did it. Let's do it's that. It's more arbitrary Boom. than Apple's up, percentages. Cool, but, 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 no, we're better. Be. I either I don't I don't even like somebody somebody that knows all that, John. John Nicholson, your wife, she's got to be able to read into that and tell us this is dumb or that's exactly. Anyways, it just screams goofiness with math. Um, so yay for that. And on that note, I'm actually shutting this down. So that brings <laughs> this very fiery at the beginning and end, for me at least, episode of Tech Breakfast Podcast to a close. Richard, thank you for joining us. Tons Thanks of fun. Love the bowling knowledge. That was great. I did not expect to get excited about bowling, but boom, there it happened. Um, Thanks, listeners, for joining us. Thank you for subscribing. We love having you on the show, or at least along for the ride. And we will talk to you guys on Friday. And don't forget to properly oil your bowling lanes. That's right. See you, Richard. Talk to management. (laughs) 